Welcome to the Sixers Mania podcast. I'm your host, Will Coffrin. Joining me, NBA writer, now writing for the Dallas Mavericks in addition to the Heat and the Knicks, the Knicks for the Knicks wall, the Heat. and It's Hoops Habit for the Mavericks as well, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Good to know. Joining me, Sam Giovanni. Sam, how are you doing? I'm doing good. The draft is always like my championship because I'm a Knicks fan, so I'm excited for it. Yeah, we've been there. We it used to be uh, much more happy. Now it's a little bit more of a depressing time for Sixers fans. Anyway, so I brought you on. You're a Knicks fan, obviously. I brought you on because, well, you know what you're talking about in terms of the draft because the Knicks are high in there. But also, this is one of those weird drafts where there's been rumors, at least early on, a little now the draft order is a little bit more solidified. But there are has been rumors that like guys that the Knicks might take at eight would be available at 21. Before, like, there was the whole Cole Anthony's the Knicks. I don't think Cole Anthony's going there. We'll get into it more later. But, like, guys like that have been, you know, there's not, like, a clear top eight because this draft is a little not – it's not quite as top-heavy. And in addition to that, it it's not top-heavy. And once you get past, like, four, it kind of gets a little dicey in terms of who teams like. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. So, Sam – I would be remiss to mention, we didn't do a podcast about it, but uh, I believe it was a day after or two days after we did our last pod, uh, crying about how the Sixers did not hire Daryl Morey. They hired Daryl Morey. Hired Daryl Morey. We bullied the Sixers into hiring Daryl Morey. They heard our podcast. We're the only podcast that Sixers ownership listens to. That's right. So, I mean, we hold a pretty responsible, we're a pretty respected podcast at this point getting such a large corporation to listen to us. So I just want to give our little congratulatory message to yeah. ourselves. I wish we could have branded as a Knicks podcast first. If I had known we would have had this influence. Because I On ownership, yeah, for Dolan. I'm a Knicks, but I'm happy for you at least. Right yeah, on. yeah. Well, it was a great time. I'm a huge fan of Daryl Morey. I think he'll be great. We won't, we'll save some time on that. Uh, I'll probably talk about it at another point. Love Daryl Morey. Basics are, uh, he does suck at drafting though. And he doesn't draft too often. So I think that was because of Bertita, I feel like. I feel like Yeah, but he did take Marcus Morris over Kawhi Leonard, and he took, like, Sam Decker when uh, the other owner was. Well, he did take Carroll in that draft. I... Yeah, his second round his second round and undrafted guys are really – I shouldn't say he sucks at drafting. He sucks drafting early, which he, 21 I'll still consider somewhat early. I actually don't think he'll be in charge of this draft. I think it's still going to be the Elton guys. We'll mm-hmm. be responsible if we trade it, but I think in terms of drafting, it's going to be based off the scouts and – and Elton Brand that we've had all along. And as much as I criticize the scouts and Elton Brand, they've actually done a pretty good job. Shake Milton was a tremendous pick at 58. Shamit was a good pick. A lot of people saw that as a reach, including myself. He was actually a great pick. Thibel was a good pick, even though they leaked their entire draft board to keep Pompey that time. And everyone knew they were taking Thibel, so the Celtics took advantage of that. They've done pretty well is the point. So getting into it, Sam, what are your thoughts on this draft overall? Uh, well, just one real quick thought on Maury. It's good that you have someone to like manage the asset that they have because like that's how they pulled it last year. They just away so many draft picks. So if you're like draft picks in the future that aren't going to be as good or certain and like a bunch of salary. So I agree. Like the drafts that they've had, like they found some pretty good guys for not having high picks. And like the highest pick they had recently was Mikel Bridges, and they made a bad decision to trade back for Zion Smith. So with Maury running the ship now, managing the assets, hopefully they're getting like improvement in that regard and like you said you already have guys that know how to find good players later in the draft 
Yeah, a little um, bit of a hot take. I actually think that Mikhail Bridges was the trade was the right move. They just fucked up on taking Zaire, and they've gotten unlucky with Zaire. I didn't. I was not a fan of Zaire at the time, and he's done absolutely nothing now, but all because of injury, all injury and peanut concerns. But Mikhail Bridges was, would have been a great fit and everything. But getting an unprotected 2021 first for Miami, who did was not in a good position at the time, was a, was a great move. And they had Zaire in a similar place as Mikhail Bridges. I thought Mikhail Bridges was a lot better than Zaire. But mm-hmm. it was like moving five picks down. You pick up an unprotected first and you get a guy that you thought was nearly as good. So I was a fan of it. Yeah, it didn't work out. But that I think at the time it was the right move. It's the one they had to do. They just I think Maury would have even done it, too. But they just needed to they needed to not select Zaire. Yeah. Was, was the actually. It does. I mean, it does make sense. They're thinking it just, you know, the. Zaire hasn't worked out. Mikel's been pretty good. So the thing right. definitely makes sense, like you said. But as for my thoughts on this draft, you said? Yes. Um, I mean, it, it's probably the least certain of who the top guys are going to be since 2013, since like the Anthony Bennett draft. Yeah, I think that's the comparable draft. And in terms of top guys, I, I agree with you. But I think when you actually know like who like the top like five will be, but we just don't think they're going to be good is is the general consensus. I don't know if you agree with that or not. I, I, I'm even less certain. I mean, there are obviously some guys that are like, that generate more buzz than other guys. Like I think James Wiseman is like pretty flashy and still a good prospect, but I, I think there's still a lot of people who might believe that Okongwu is a better prospect and he might go over him. And like LaMelo obviously is a wizard with passing. He's got a great feel for the game, but there's so many other concerns that he might not go top three necessarily. Same thing with Anthony Edwards. Like he's a really good player, but, there are some problems that he has in his game that might not make an obvious top pick. Like I don't, I have faith in like the top of this draft and that they'll at least be good players like Edwards, Lamelo. I disagree. I mean, not, I'm not saying like they'll be as good as like the top prospects from other drafts. Like there's no, there's yeah. not going to be a Luca or a, a Ben Simmons or anyone like that near the top of this draft. Like I don't think there's going to be anyone that good or at least that good right away. But I'm not completely pessimistic at the top of the draft, but you sound like you are. Yeah. I'm not saying they're going to suck. I'm just saying I could see all four of them being terrible. There's no there's no sure thing with uh, with any of the top guys. I do. So, I'm not sure fire, but... Yeah. Well, that's my, that's my point. Usually, like last year, everyone said last year's draft wasn't that great either, but it had Zion and John Morant and RJ Barrett. Obviously, RJ my not God. quite as good as the other two. No, but Yeah. He, he could improve. Not in that criticize them too hard yet but but that's my point like those three were like oh they're definitely going to be the top three picks years before we've seen the same thing whether it was ben simmons as you mentioned ingram all these other guys we've known who they're going to be and we feel pretty confident that even if they're not amazing they will be a solid player this year lamella ball i i think lamella ball has the highest potential of anyone in this draft but I have him four on my board because I also think there's like a 70% chance he's just an absolute bust so because he, because it's just like the guy, he shoots like 30% from the field in a Australian league. You're telling me this guy's going to come in and dominate the NBA takes terrible shots. I'm sure teammates would hate him. Only thing that's really great about him. Is he's got great size, great passing vision. And if that shot does start to fall, he would be pretty good. But, but just in general, I should mention, I actually think Killian Hayes is the best player in this draft. He's my number one prospect. He might fall to the next seat, but that's my point. This draft, like, 
Killian Hayes, I have as number one. He might, he might go eight. Yeah. But, but, and my concerns about the other guys, Killian Hayes, I'm actually, what I like about Killian Hayes, he, he seems to be a pretty safe prospect. I know he's a Euro guy and usually we don't trust them. But the thing with Killian Hayes is he's a, he's just like pretty steady. He, he is a good pick and roll ball handler. He could shoot, he can defend. Like he does everything you kind of want in a point guard. I could see him being like a better version of D'Angelo Russell. I think he's got a pretty good chance of being there. I, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say I'd be shocked if he's a total boss, but like, I think at the very least he would be a contributing role player, but I do think I, I think he's the safest and I think he's got a pretty high ceiling. I'll, I'll mention with the other guys, my concerns, just because we mentioned them. Edwards looks like Dion waiters a lot of the times and it's problematic. Like he'll take just terrible shots. I know he was on a bad team, but he'll take terrible shots. He'll take them early into the shot clock. He's not really that good of a three-point shooter, but he takes a lot of them. And there, there's just some issues with the shot selection. That's really my only main issue. He's my number two prospect. Wiseman, I have three. I think Wiseman is, once again, pretty steady. But if he, he can't defend, which I know he got blocks at college, but he kind of goes to the – he's in the Hassan Whiteside school of defense where he just, like, chases blocks, gets thrown out of position. So there's also such a small sample size on him. So – the more I say it, it sounds like Wiseman should be my number two guy. But, you know, but I have those four guys that I've mentioned with LaMelo as my top four, and they're in my tier one. We won't get into, like, the tier two guys, but those are the guys that I think are the probable stars from this draft. I th- I'm not to say that other people can't do it, but that just what I'm saying. These guys have huge red flags. Even Killian, even Killian Hayes, he's coming from a Euro league that wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. So, you know. We'll see how it works out. But that's my thoughts on draft overall. For the rest, though, I do think the role players are pretty good in this draft. I actually think outside of the top three, this draft is very similar to last year. Last year, there was a lot of guys I like that could be potential role players like Brandon Clark, uh, Matisse Thibel, uh, Grant Williams, a few of those guys that I, I was like, these guys are going to be role players. I feel the same way about a lot of these guys in this draft. Uh, what do you feel, feel about the guys that are not like the top tier, I guess? I definitely agree. Um, I think there are plenty of prospects that could carve out roles in the NBA, not necessarily as stars, not necessarily as guys that are going to sell your franchise around, but that you can put around any franchise centerpiece. Like there's a lot of intriguing guys well until the early second round. I think that the first round, I think is going to be, I mean, I guess in every draft, the first round is always, always pretty interesting, but yeah, I think like guys, as far as, maybe even like 40, maybe even a little deeper, can absolutely find guys that they can, you know, that can carve out roles in the NBA for either that team or when they bounce around or whatever. But, yeah, there are definitely a lot of players in this draft. There's a lot of, like, older guards that might go near the end of the first round, like Grant Riller and um, Payne Pritchard and Cassius Winston. That can carve out roles and be ready quickly, like day one, and continue on their careers, even though they're starting late because they're kind of old. There are a couple of big men I'm interested in, near the end of the first round that will probably go somewhere between like 25 and 40 that I'm interested in. So yeah, I definitely think there are plenty of guys in this draft that could carve out roles, good um, careers as role players. Yeah. And I agree with you. The thing you said about big men too, even though the Sixers might not be looking at big men, I do think it's weird. I don't know. I, I might be the only one here, but uh, who thinks this, but like Oneko Okongwu, like he seems pretty safe to me, but he doesn't seem like his ceilings that high. 
I think a lot of people like him just because he looks like college Bam Adebayo, like what Bam looked like at college. But Bam's gotten like unprecedentedly better. I have Okongo 10, but even I think that might be high because you look at guys like Xavier Tillman, they might be just as good, just the same role player. And they're going like, you know, second round. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I'm the only one who thinks maybe people are a little too high, including myself. Like maybe I shouldn't even have them 10, but, but yeah, I think, I think it's interesting. Like you said with the big man, because I think the big man has just been so much, so devalued unless you're the Embiid or Aiden or towns or Wiseman types is what they're hoping for. I think if you're, if you're a guy, a center that just projects as a role player, those guys usually fall. So I think it's interesting that people are so high on Okongwu. I do think he's a steady player, though, so I think people and a safe player. So I think I, I understand why he's going that high. But so I think we'll probably transition here. So my next thing is, will the Sixers trade the pick? Daryl Morey has a history of trading essentially all of his picks. He's a huge fan of trading first rounders. Do you think that will be the case? I think it's hard to say because I feel like a lot of that is coming for data being the worst owner in the league, not even being exaggeration there like he's absolutely terrible so i, I completely think, agree but he was doing this with the previous owner as well and he was trading first rounders he wasn't doing the Sixers special where he trade this early second rounders for for like yacht money that's true he does seem to i mean he did seem to get um like role players i could play now for um the picks so i do more i think definitely understands like to surround the star players with like the best players possible so I wouldn't be necessarily surprised, like you said, Mori has a history of it going back to before Tachita bought the team. So I don't know. Maybe he sees like what the Sixers scouting department has done in the last few years and decides that they're trustworthy. And you brought up the track record before, and their record from you know mid first round, second round has been pretty solid. So I can see Mori buying into what they see and trusting them and making the selection based off of the input that they're giving him. But his track record shows him trading first round picks, so I can see it happening either way. Either he finds someone he really likes and takes someone at 21, or he trades back in both yeah. sides. Both. I think Daryl, he's going to play the long game here. He Because you get, with the stipend rule and the fact that the Sixers don't have a ton of picks, you're actually better off selecting a guy and then just trading him later. So I think there's a good chance we take whoever we think is good. He trusts our department. And then we end up trading that guy maybe during the season, maybe towards the end of the off season, even though I don't, I don't know how the recently traded restriction will work given that the, like the draft starts and then a month later they're playing. We'll see. But I do think he's going to select the guy. I think if they get traded, it's going to be midseason because I do think he wants to get, he loves going for stars. So I think if anything, we're going to package multiple first rounders in addition to one of our contracts for a star is how I believe it will work. So I don't think he's going to trade the pick. I think they're going to make the selection. I could be wrong. We will see. I think they'll make the pick. Let's get into the potential selections. So I'm, I listed them in order of like, there's an order of guys I don't really think are going to be there. I think they have a chance though, because like, as I mentioned, this draft's a little weird. I think teams have less Intel too. I think, for sure. Scouts have less intel to like the people who write about the draft that are talking that are talking to these teams. I think they know they know even less than they normally do about teams who they like and who they don't like, with the exception of Keith Pompey, who gets his in, the in Sixers entire board leaked to them. But on, on a national level. Yeah, yeah. Keith is doing a doing a great job. For those who are 
one uh wondering keith pompey had an article titled about isaiah joe will he join bible and sham it as the sixers like late first selection so in that article not only did it mention how much they love isaiah joe and i do truly believe even before that article came out i do think they were selecting isaiah joe either at 21 or in the second round i think it's going to be a little harder to get him in the second round now but in that article he mentioned a bunch of guys like these names have been mentioned as guys that they might like. And it was a bunch of guys that I could see them being interested in, but it's also like, I truly believe it came from the front office. This happened last year with the Celtics knew we were, we wanted Matisse Thibel because we didn't try to hide it at all. And then they took Matisse Thibel and then they extracted some second rounders out of us. They ended up taking Carson Edwards, who Sixers were interested in. Maybe Carson would have been good on this team, maybe not, but we ended up selling our second round pick. So we essentially lost the chance on Carson Edwards because we just telegraphed who we were taking. So unfortunately that might happen this year, but we do have a pretty good indication of who we should be talking about. So with that being said, the article mentioned him too. He's also one of my favorite players. I He's the player I think I'm highest on out of, in terms of a national perspective. A lot of people have him around 15, whatever. He's the number six player on my board, Kyra Lewis Jr., I think I'll give my thoughts on him really quickly. He's really fast. He's a great ball handler. He can shoot. He was on fire at the end of the Alabama season. He was shooting like 40-some percent from three on on a pretty high volume. I think he's perfect. He actually looks more De'Aaron Foxy than I think people realize. He's not as great of a passer, but he's a he's he's you know some somewhere between a De'Aaron Fox and a Lou Williams, maybe. I think he's really good. I don't think he'll be there. He was mentioned in the Keith Pompey article, but that being mentioned, I do think there's a scenario where a bunch of, where a few of these teams reach and then Kyra Lewis ends up falling at 21. So what are your thoughts on him? I will give my next fan perspective first. If they're looking to trade down, this is one of the guys that I would like them to trade down for, or at least one of the guys I'm hoping. To I, I agree with that. He, he's definitely a good prospect. I would be surprised to see him at 21, but obviously he would work great for the Sixers. Like he's super fast. Him and Simmons, in the fast break, playing up tempo would be awesome. And his right. shooting, as you said, came on later. So he would be really good for that as well. I think he's, you know, pretty well-rounded. I think right. Philly wants to trade up again for someone. Hopefully they don't go after like they did last year with Matisse. But he's definitely a guy worth trading up for. He's a guy that, you know, he's not going to bolster the team right away. And he doesn't really need to because he's got um, Simmons and Embiid. So I think along those two, he would make for him pretty decent option so if he's there at 21 that would be a great no yeah and the last thing on him too i think a lot of teams get a little turned off by the fact that guys aren't freshmen i i think that is a legit thing but he is a really young sophomore like he last year he was i think he was 17 playing college basketball so he's he's really young for for being a sophomore he's just as old as probably some of these freshmen but yeah i think he's great don't think he'll be there Next one, a little uncertainty with this one, RJ Hampton. So I could see him fall just simply because he was, he did play in Australia. He wasn't that good. He was one of the top high school guys, but we see these guys routinely fall every year because people don't trust them. And their track record hasn't even been that great. It's been like Moutier, Brandon Jennings, guys like that who have played professionally, American high school players that have played professionally elsewhere, unlike, unlike Luca, who was playing professionally his entire life. So with RJ Hampton, they did interview him. They mentioned they did not get a workout with him. I think RJ knows he's not going to fall there. So that's why I'm having him listed early. RJ, my thoughts on him. 
a little different than Kyra Lowe's in terms of he's he's not only fast, but he's like an explosive athlete. He could really elevate. He could rise the traffic, has acrobatic finishes. I'm a big fan of RJ Hampton. Don't think he would fit that well, but I think he's just such a talented player. It's kind of similar to the Anthony Simons to the Blazers, where you take the guy with potential, even if you don't necessarily need him with the Blazers. They had CJ and Dame, and they're still blocking Anthony Simons from playing. So I think I think RJ would actually have more playing time, but he can't really shoot. He's apparently been doing well in workouts. His shot looks better, but he can't really shoot. So that would be a tough fit with those guys. But I do think the Sixers need a ball handler and a shot creator, and I think he can provide that. He's also an elite athlete. I think he's got a lot of potential. What are your thoughts? I agree with that too. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for Philly to swing for defenses because with all the money they have tied up, it's going to be hard for them to find a real third star and, even finding someone to blossom into a third star at 21 is still going to be pretty tough, but RJ is another guy I would be surprised if he's there at 21. He's really athletic. Like you said, you know, perimeter shooting is a problem and that's one of the things the Sixers need, but I think he's really dynamic as a scorer. He's got really good athleticism. He's still pretty young. So again, like I get that the Sixers are probably going to look for fit because they have their two established franchise pillars. Um, But RJ, he's got a lot of potential. And if he's there at 21, I think, that would be a pretty good pick for Philly as well. I think Kyler would be better, but I'm not going to, you know, I'd be really surprised if either one of those, but more so Kyra I'm a fan of, but I think RJ is pretty good too. I wonder if the spacing with him and Benson might be tough, but yeah. he's definitely a guy with a good amount of potential. And to get someone like that in the 20s, even though he's not a great fit, I think it would be a good pick. Yeah, I love, I love both of them. I have Kyra 6, I have RJ Hampton 7. Both teams seem to be generally lower on them, but I, I really do like both of them. And I, if they are there, I do believe they should take them. Cairo would obviously be more ideal out of those two because he can shoot a little bit better. There's more evidence of that. I think he'd be a better fit. RJ has a little bit more potential, but he also might suck. But I think RJ has a slightly better chance of being there. Anyway, on to the next one. A guy who's been heavily rumored to the Sixers. You mentioned months ago how he was in contact with them. It's Tyrell Terry. Tyrell Terry... Little, he's great shooter. He can create shots from three-point land, which is a very unique skill. You don't see that too often. But that's really it. He doesn't. He's a. He's pretty bad everywhere else. He's he weight, played at 160 pounds, I believe. He he played at six two. He's apparently grown to six three and has gained twenty ish pounds. But he he really can't do anything besides shoot threes and create threes. But it's such a uniquely powerful skill in creating threes only elite players are really able to create threes so for that reason i think that's why he's so high that's why i think a lot of teams are interested in him he also i mean he can obviously shoot off ball he's a great shooter he can he's very good at relocating off the ball but he really doesn't do much else he he's not i don't like the way he finishes he's obviously a kind of he's a small frame guy usually don't see these guys working out but he Usually the small frame guys, you need to be pretty good passers and playmakers. He doesn't really need that with Ben Simmons on this team if he were to fall to us. So I think he'd be, I think he would be a great fit here. It sounds like I'm kind of down on him. I actually have him 11. He's, he's solid. I'm, I'm worried about how he might be very specialized in his skills, but just a shot creation ability from three. Like I can't, you can't name like 20 players who have that ability. Like it's, it's really tough to get those guys. So what are your thoughts on Tyrell Terry? Well, I think, I mean, for that skill right away, just his three-point creation shot alone, which is pretty legit, 
he's definitely a great fit for Philly for the right. you guys that like to pound inside, draw on the post, and Ben is a great slasher. I think it would be terrific for them to have to create space. And I'm a little more optimistic on the other facets of his game than you are. I think, yeah, he doesn't need to be the lead playmaker because of Ben Simmons, but I think as a good more secondary playmaker, I think he would do just as well. For smaller guards, like he needs to be able to hold his own in the playoffs, which Philly is definitely shooting for. So, yeah. you know, we, you know, we got that's, you know, the shot creation is undeniable because shot creation from three, he relocates, he shoots off the dribble, he shoots from deep. He is an incredible shooter, De- definitely one of the best in the draft. Um, but if he's a guy that Brett Brown has to work really hard to hide him on defense, then maybe he's not that suited for deep playoff runs. And even if you do have a guy that, you know, if he is like that as a rookie early on, I don't think that's necessarily a red flag. Although I know that, you know, Philly's timeline is right now and they're trying to win. But, you know, if he's there, the Sixers need shooting and he's one of the best shooters in the draft. Even though he doesn't bring a whole lot else to the table and nothing else he does is close to his skill from, of shooting from three, I don't think it really matters. He's a great shooter. I think it'll be a great fit for I agree. And going on that trend and more to, because it did, I, I feel like I sounded pretty negative on Terry. I'm not very negative, but moving on to shooters that don't do much else, like Aaron Naismith is the next guy I'm going to talk about. Aaron Naismith, you know, in comparison to Tyrell Terry, he doesn't have any creation. He literally is just a shooter. He, now he's six foot eight or no, six foot six, I believe. And he's got a six ten wingspan. So he's more of a swing player. He, you more see that it's more of a natural fit. You see these guys all the time, whether it's Buddy Heald, stuff like that. These just, you know, wing size shooters. That that's all they do. But he's really good at it. Shot nearly. I think I think he did shoot fifty percent from three. Yeah. Not a not a ton of a uh, not a ton of sample size, but he did shoot a lot of threes per game. He definitely can shoot. I'm not worried about him shooting. It's just that he. He probably does even less, even more so than Tyrell Terry. He does nothing else. He is a pretty standstill shooter. He maybe shoot off the screen, but unlike Tyrell Terry, who could, you know, shoot a three off of a pick and roll or get a three in isolation, Naismith's not that guy. He's kind of just he needs to be set up by a teammate. So, what are your thoughts on Naismith? I think taking his, I think taking his stats at face value was a little disingenuous because he only played 14 games. And a lot of the teams he played were bad teams in some of the worst conferences, like yeah. definitely not um, other other better teams that he was playing. And but that still shouldn't diminish. Like he should still be a really good catch and shoot guy in the NBA. And maybe with maybe creation doesn't matter as much necessarily with him because there are two all stars on a team that can. So he would be a solid pick. Again, it depends on like who is still there. Um. It wouldn't be a necessarily bad pick. Like his percentages are, although they're probably a little skewed because of the competition he played, still very impressive. Um, and like you said, his volume, I think he averaged like eight threes taken a game, which is a yeah. lot. And to still shoot that well is really impressive, even though the competition, as I said, like a million times, isn't that good. He would be a fine pick. I don't think this would be like a home run pick for the Sixers like the other three would. But, That's interesting because I don't even think he's going to be there. I think some teams is going to see that 50% three-point percentage and they're going to take him like 16. But, well, I hope they can look at more context and see why he's doing that well. But, yeah, I can I can see him going before the Sixers, but if he's there and the Sixers are like, we just – this guy is simply a good shooter and that's it. Yeah. I think that's, you know, fine. Again, I wonder about how much further he can go off of that and if he can do more with this shot. You know, if he did, 
relocate a good amount and shoot from deep pretty well. So this would be a good pick for Philly, but nothing that I'd be like, wow, that's really insane. Yeah, and the next guy who I, – I, I agree with that. And the next guy who is a somewhat similar player that everyone – Every Sixers fan will be praying goes to them because he went to Villanova, Sadiq Bey. Sadiq Bey, the difference between him and Naismith, Naismith, or Bey is actually a good defender. He actually, it's funny that I'm saying this, he looks like kind of what I want Tobias Harris to be in terms of how he shoots and just like shoots threes, he plays defense at that like power forward, small forward hybrid, but he's more of a four, I think. So, I really, I really like Sadiq Bay. I don't think he'll be there because he, like I said, he's a good defender. I think he shot forty-five percent from three. Great shooter, good defender. Those kind of guys are the guys that people love. So I think he's going to go a little bit earlier. But I do think this draft is very unpredictable. There's a shot he's being there, so I want to talk about him. What are your thoughts on Sadiq Bay? He's another guy that you know he's pretty old and he's really well established. Good at you know, shooting threes and playing defense, which every team wants. And there are a lot of playoff teams lined up right in front of the Sixers. You've got the Celtics, the Magic, the Blazers, the Timberwolves, who are probably trying to be um, as competitive as possible, the Mavericks, the Nets, and the Heat. And all those guys, you know, to varying degrees, could use someone like Sadiq Bay. So, yeah. Well, I think every team in the in the league could use the Sadiq Bay. So yeah, every I team there, but there. I mean, it's not like there are a lot of teams in front of them that are looking on just like those potential taking young guys based on their potential. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. These I are agree. guys that have like certified cores, and they want to surround them with guys like Steve Bay who are low maintenance that they don't need to like pound the ball. They can just shoot really well and play defense too. So, yeah. um, I, I completely agree with you on that. And just really quickly, I, we saw this with the Suns last year. Everyone thought they'd be swinging for the fences, and then they took like Cam Johnson. So, I agree with you. I think that's what teams should be thinking. The teams that aren't quite as good, they should be like, hey, we need a we need a guy who's got some star potential here where Sadiq Bay doesn't have that. But I do think it's possible they're like, hey, we just need like an adult in the room. So let's take Sadiq Bay. We can't be a travesty. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, if there's a team like the, you know, the Blazers, they have a pretty good like trio of Dame, CJ, and Nurkish. Maybe they want someone else who has more potential. Maybe the Mavericks are looking to get a third star in the draft. So maybe they're willing to swing for the fences more. I'm just worried that, for the Sixers' sake, there are plenty of playoff teams in front of them that are going to be looking. I, yeah, them, I agree. And guys like Sadiq Bay are huge to have. So, obviously, for Philly, like for the other teams, he would be a great pick. But with just so many playoff teams in front of them, I am i don't know if he gets it to 21. I don't really think he does. I, I completely agree with that sense. I think he is going to go before them. I, it does seem like before it's – like when this draft process began, it seems like everyone preferred Naismith to Sadiq Bay. They're kind of similar-ish players. Now it seems like most teams prefer Sadiq Bay. So yeah. I think I think he'll be gone. I think I, I actually do think Naismith has a better chance of being there. Still don't really think either of them are going to be there. Now we're going to move into guys that I would bet would be there if you had to make me bet. We actually disagreed on this guy, so I'll get to him first. Tyrese Maxey. So – I, I actually think he has a very good chance of being there. You, you do not quite as much, but in terms of the, who the play he is as a player, he's solid. He's a good shot creator. He's made clutch shots. He's someone who really passes the eye test, but his numbers are pretty bad in terms of three-point shooting. You want him to be a better three-point shooter. Shot looks pretty good. It's got a little bit of a low release, so that's a little concern. And he'll have some like terrible misses, but he passed the eye test in every way. He's a great pick-and-roll ball handler. He's a great mid-range shooter. He's a great shot creator. Those are the kind of guys that the Sixers could really use, but the Sixers need him to be a better three-shooter than what he actually was at college. 
who knows? Maybe he'll get better. Like I said, Shalik's pretty good. I like him. I don't love him. I think he'll be there. What are your thoughts on Tyrese Maxey? Um, I like him too. I think he's, you know, pretty well-rounded offensively, even though he doesn't have um, numbers that are really eye-popping. He's also pretty tough on defense. I think um, he's a guy that is probably going to go in the late lottery or right outside of it. So I don't think Philly would um, is going to have a chance to get him. But if he does fall that far, I think his shot creation would be pretty good to have for the Sixers. Seems like a you know pretty good competitor. Um, hopefully the three-point shooting improves. Um, but yeah. If he's there at 21, not a bad pick at all for Philly. Yeah, and a guy moving, I think that's pretty good on Maxi. Maxi, I would prefer him to the next guy I'm bringing up. I think these two guys are very similar. So the next guy I'm bringing up is Cole Anthony. So the difference with him and Maxi, for Cole Anthony, he's the kind of guy, it's like, well, he's a better shooter and he's a better athlete. Why isn't he better than Tyrese Maxi? But it's that eye test thing. When you watch Cole Anthony play, his athleticism doesn't pop as much as it should, even though he is a more athletic player. His, he takes terrible shots. He was on a terrible team, but he took terrible shots. He was very inefficient. What people might like about Cole Anthony is one of the top players heading into the year, but that doesn't really mean anything. It's just whatever somebody thought of him out of high school. Maybe they were wrong. Mm-hmm. Cole Anthony to me just screams that he's a future sixth man, but that's a useful player, but who knows if he actually is good enough to continue that role as a sixth man. So for Cole Anthony – think he's solid he's very he's kind of similar to maxi but i think he's just kind of worse than tyrese maxi at nearly everything except shooting threes what are your thoughts on cole anthony it's really tough for me i mean obviously cole anthony's draft stock has taken a tumble like people thought he would be one of the top guys in the draft and he is certainly not that although he did deal with injuries and played on an awful us um, unc team i still have a little bit of faith in him not you know maybe he is just a six fan but if he's a good six fan like that's a really nice player to have um I guess maybe teams are a bit spooked because he isn't what people thought he would be. People thought he was going to be like a surefire top prospect, and he's not that. Maybe teams are taking that into consideration, and he might fall to 21. So that is another guy that I think his um, athleticism and his um, shot creation would, would work well with Philly. I'm not as, I guess, pessimistic because I feel like being surrounded on such a bad team, it's, it makes it kind of understandable that he would take some bad shots from time to time. He's also pretty young, so I think that that's something that can definitely be ironed out moving forward. You said that with a couple guys, and while it is obviously a problem, especially when you look at Cole Anthony's case, I don't think it should necessarily like plummet his draft stock too far. So I can see him being there at 21. Um, he's not a guy that the Sixers like need to get if he's there, but he would be a pretty good pick, I think. So fun fact about Cole Anthony, because I mentioned the Sixers potentially taking him. All these other guys I had ranked above 21, meaning that I think it would be a pretty good pick, depending on who's there. Cole Anthony, I actually have a 28 on my board. So I would consider that a reach. This is not a Sixers-centric big board, so I would probably prefer Cole Anthony to the Sixers on some of these guys. Moving on, a little bit different style of a guy, because since we went on uh, Cole Anthony and Maxi. A guy I don't think they'll be taking, but you mentioned the going for a third star. I think this guy will be there, Jaden McDaniels. Now, he'd be weird. He's another tall guy. We love our tall guys here in Philly. Really tall, can really shoot, might be Richard Lewis, but could also be like Jalen McDaniels, who's done nothing in the league. So what are your thoughts on Jaden McDaniels? I think he has a ton of potential, and I, but I – I don't think he can contribute right away, but this would be in the Michael Porter realm of draft picks where you're taking a guy where it's like potential, not quite as good as Porter, but a ton of potential. You see what that did for the Nuggets. The Nuggets 
elevated their ceiling by t- taking a guy like Porter, that would be the thought process of McDaniels. What are your thoughts? Um, I mean, he's a guy that kind of like looks the part more so than he is the part. Like he's, you know, 100%. Right. He's interesting. Like he's got a decent handle. He's, you know, long and thin. He's a guy that, like, when you look at him and you look at like his skills, you're like, oh, that's pretty interesting. But he seems like a pretty raw prospect to me, maybe too raw for what Philly is looking for. I don't right. think like established enough or like um, developed well enough to be a huge um, help for the Sixers moving forward. Maybe this is just kind of how where I am about rock prospects overall as the ones that I've watched on the Knicks have done nothing. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure on other, on other teams, he would be really good. I don't think it's too comparable to like Michael Porter's obviously. Yeah, because Porter was a, was a beast in high school and he was the top guy. Whereas Jay McDaniels was like, I think people had him. I think he was ranked pretty high out of high school and mm-hmm. then he sucked, but he wasn't, he wasn't Porter who people were declaring young KD. It was just more the example of taking that swing and a miss or the, you know, swinging for the fences. And then it actually kind of hits in the case of Michael Porter. That would be the thought process of McDaniels. Right. Reporter. I mean, it was, the payout was always going to be better because he just felt, because no one questioned his talent. It was just that he like didn't play and his injury was really scary. So I understand what you're saying, but I don't think I wouldn't look too much into it because Porter was simply even injured a better prospect than Jason Daniels. I I agree. I I had Porter in my top, like, eight that year i think i probably had him higher he's the guy i wanted us to t- I, I was cool with trading down for zaire and picking up the extra pick but at the time i would have preferred taking michael porter at that so instead of mikhail and just holding on to him but so i i agree with you porter was a much better guy i have i have Jaden mcdaniels at 18 so not and this is not nearly as good as a draft as that one was so i agree he's not quite as good but like you said, he looks the part, but doesn't really play the part. Mm-hmm. Or at least play the part to the, like, as much as you would want someone on the Sixers to be. Like, on a worse team, you know, maybe he can give them a little bit of time yep. to, like, find himself. And I think he definitely does have the the build and enough skill to be really intriguing. And maybe he can build on that and be a pretty good scorer going forward. But on this Sixers team where the pressure is on right away to start winning, I, I don't see him as a good I think he might. We have early second rounders. We pick thirty six. I think there's a uh, yeah. I think he could. I think he could fall to there. I do think. uh, I actually think the Knicks might take him before that because Mm -hmm. might as well. I mean, if you're the Knicks, you might as well swing for the fences. And uh, he could be Kevin Knox 2.0. Him and him and Kevin Knox could shine in summer league. That's always what he did. Hey, he's still a twenty point scorer for summer league. Yeah, away from Kevin Knox. That's. That's the reason. That's like the words I have. Why I don't want him to go to the Knicks. Why? Oh, I, I figured, but I do think he'd be a good pick for you guys. It's just you gotta. Yeah, it's it's discouraging when one of them misses, but when they hit, it's nothing's better. Imagine getting a guy like that in the you know the twenties. It's kind of like, you know, that's, the heat. The Heat had Hero. The, you know, as you famously hated Tyler Hero, but they took him like fourteen, and they they're a playoff team already. So then they add Tyler Hero to that team, and it's it's great. So I think that's what you're hoping for there. Obviously, here once again another better prospect, but it's in the similar vein of thinking. But uh, we'll move more on to just to cut uh, two of these guys, both of them that I'll mention next. They're just solid role players. I think they're going to be solid role players. I don't think they have that high of a ceiling, but but one of them I love, and it's the person Keith Mappay headlined his article with in Isaiah Joe. Isaiah Joe, Arkansas shooting guard, good wingspan, solid size. Shot 10 threes a game, almost 11. I think it was 10.6 or something like that. 
shot 34% the year before he shot 41%. So he's definitely a great shooter. He would make these tough threes, almost JJ Redicky um, to him. I think he's along the lines of JJ Redick and Buddy Heald. I think he's very underrated in this draft. I think he can just absolutely launch threes and he's not a stiff on defense. A lot of people are worried about usually the shooters are just bad on defense. He can play defense. He can, he can hit these tough shots so he can kind of create, not, not quite, but he can, he can hit a fade away. He can run off a screen and, and hit a shot when times are tough. So I, I'm a huge fan of Isaiah Joe. I have him 16 on my board, but and I might, I might move him up because I actually think I like him better than Aaron Naismith. But he is I, – I just – his ceiling's a little limited. He can't do much else, but he's a great shooter, and he has shown the volume. He's shown the attempts. He's played two years. Huge fan of Isaiah Joe. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, this is a guy who's kind of like Tyler Terry where it's like he only – he's a one-trick pony, but that trick is so good, it's definitely worth the pick. Like, his shooting is incredible. He shot over – 75% of his shots were from three, so he can bomb away. And that's yep. with someone like the JJ Reddick was huge help for Philly. And Isaiah Joe, like, I don't know if he has the potential to be as good as Reddick, but even if he's close, like, just the guy that's a good team. His three point percentage, 34% uh, isn't amazing, but he did shoot 89% from the free throw line. Yeah, there. which is a better indicator at the college level. We see most guys, the guys who shoot, like there's uh, Jemias Ramsey, for instance. I, mm-hmm. I guess I'll talk about him later. But like for him, he shot like 50% from free throw and, but he shot a great three point percentage on a ton of attempts. So you have no idea with those guys, but we've seen guys in the past. Markel Fultz is one of them. I think his is a little different just because he, he might've gotten injured or he had a head injury and forgot how to shoot, but yeah, he can shoot from the line. And also we saw him shoot 40% when he was taking less attempts and taking less difficult shots. But the fact is you can see him when you watch him play, he can hit these crazy shots. And that, so I think the fact is he misses a lot of them too. But a lot of guys can't make those crazy shots at all, and they don't even attempt them. So the Sixers need a guy like that. They need a guy who can just chuck threes. So I'm a huge fan of Isaiah Joe. He might be there in the second round. I'm not, I wouldn't necessarily count on that. But I actually – I think he will be there at 21. I think he'd be a great pick if they select him there. I agree. I think if he's there at 21, maybe he's – I mean, again, it depends on who's available, so we can say more about this after right. that. But if, if he's there at 21, I don't know if it's worth for Philly to risk him going – and trying to pick him up in the second round unless they trade up back into the first yeah. round you compile in there too. If he's the highest player on their board, they should take him, not worry about him. Like maybe they have a guy to a few picks later on their board that they think it will definitely won't be there. They shouldn't take they shouldn't take a guy they have ranked below Isaiah Joe just because they think they can get Joe in the second round. They should take Joe at 21. Okay. Role player, I think I've seen you tweet about him at some point. Not sure. Desmond Bain? Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm glad we were on the same page there. So Desmond Bain, I don't like quite as much as Isaiah Joe. I have him. I actually have Desmond Bain as my 21st prospect. So he, if my top 20 all goes, even though my board's not a Sixers-centric board, essentially, my top 20 all goes, he would still be a solid pick for me. Desmond Bain, his shot, my one worry, well, he is old and he does have a limited potential. But my one worry is his shot, we do have a good sample size, but his shot just looks weird. It uh, Like, I can't get over it. It does look weird. I'm, I'm not sure it does. He does like when I watch him, it doesn't look like he's an NBA player, but like he does have a lot of translatable skills. I, I mean, I do think he's an NBA player, but his shot doesn't look like an NBA jump shot, but he is just, I mean, he's solid. He He's going to come in and he's going to be solid. There's not much else. To say. I think it's actually similar to Thibel last year where everyone had Thibel ranked in the twenties for the most part, but everyone 
also thought like, yeah, he's going to be fine. He'll just come in and he'll be a good player. I think it's similar to Grant Williams. He's just going to be a good role player. I mm-hmm. think we can easily project that. What are your thoughts on Desmond Bain as a whole? This this is a guy who just screams really good role player to me. He does so much. And like you said, he is really always already 22 years old. But for someone like – for a team like Philly, it doesn't matter their age. You just want them to be good. And this is a guy, although the Knicks, it might, you know, maybe make more sense for them to swing for younger guys and just bank on potential. And this is a guy they can get in the second round. I will come away from the draft really happy. He, his shot does look weird, but it works. He shoots a really good amount of threes yeah. and shot really well from them. He's got really nice playmaking abilities. He is pretty strong defensively. He's, um, you know, 6'5", so I don't know if he can necessarily, like, shut down any guards, but in terms of, like, switching him on the wings, I think he would be really good there. He isn't a guy that you're going to, like, get in the ball and let him go to work right away. Right. But he's definitely a guy that will shoot threes, no problem, can make plays. I think he'd be a really nice secondary playmaker. This would be – this is another guy kind of like Sadiq Bay, where like every team in the league needs someone like this. So I am, you know, curious to see if he does fall to Philly, but this will be another great pick for him. Limited ceiling, but he, he's just solid everywhere. He doesn't really I have a ton of weaknesses. Ceiling, and that's like a really nice guy for especially playoff teams to look for and also me, hopefully for the next. Right. And I think when you when you look at these guys, like people might be a little miffed about the fact that I keep talking about their shot looking weird, even though it goes in. But that was the same issue with Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball shot a pretty good per- percentage at UCLA, and then he goes to the NBA, and he's just he's awful. He's got awful shooting. You don't want him shooting. Now he's pretty good, but he couldn't, and he couldn't shoot from the line. Now, Bain, I think, shoots well from the line. I don't have his numbers in front of me, but I think he shot fairly well. Nothing concerning like Lonzo, who I think shot poorly from the line in college. But Lonzo was – it's a guys like Lonzo that ruin it for the rest of them mm-hmm. because they're – there's every so often there's a guy where it's like, well, they go in and similar thing with like Tyrese Halliburton this year where it goes in, doesn't look good, but people are like, oh yeah, he can shoot. I think you do have to raise that concern just because there is a chance he can't shoot. Like Isaiah Joe, his shot looks great. I would not worry about Isaiah Joe. I would not worry about Aaron Naismith. Wouldn't worry about a lot of these guys. Doesn't mean I have a slight concern that he might not be able to shoot, even though he did shoot well. So it is interesting. I mean, for guys that have like, kind of wonky shots like maybe it does just take them a little bit to get going like Lonzo I think before the restart like that kind of end of the regular season he was coming on really well and he was shooting really well so even if Bain and he did shoot pretty well from um Um, so even if he does come into the NBA and he isn't shooting over 40 percent which is what he did his last year in college I think he would still be a very valuable role player he's a smart guy good passer good defender I think he you know, pretty capable of guarding either guard spot or wings as well. Seems like a really, like, strong guy as well. So that is, I mean, it's fair to raise questions. And Halliburton, too, even though he shot really well, I, his shot does look weird. So there's definitely a point to be made about guys who have unorthodox shots and if it will do well at the NBA. But in, at least in Bain's case, and even maybe Halliburton's case, too, just to bring him up. Yeah. Even if that doesn't fall, they can be good. And just a side on Halliburton, just because I feel like my opinion should be out there anyway. Like, Halliburton's the guy where it really hurts for me because if I was convinced that Halliburton can shoot, I'd probably have him in my top top five, maybe. Yeah. Um, because I'm not convinced they can shoot, I do have some other issues too. I have him 13 just because there are some guys that I might rather take a shot on. It does hurt a little bit 
Bain, I'm not as worried about because he has a larger sample size, but we'll see. We, we will, we'll see how it works out with Bain. So moving on, is there any – are there second-round guys that you would like to talk about? Because I don't – I didn't really have anything here. I, I do have second-round guys that I like that I'll bring up, but you don't – I mean, if you don't have any Emmanuel quickly thoughts, I won't hold it against you. So are there second-round guy second round guys that you are interested in that you would like well, to discuss? Well, I'll talk more about in terms of like – You can talk about for any team, so. Yeah, I yeah. think um, the big men, like I said, um, at the top of the episode – really interesting to me. Um, someone like Isaiah Stewart, he's such a strong guy down low. He's really interesting. Um, really, well-rounded, older guys like Xavier Tillman and yeah. really, really interesting as well. Uh, Daniel Ochuru, who's a really good shot blocker and is shown to be pretty decent at shooting threes. I'm really interested to see what happens to those guys as well. And I think for Philly, like, they're definitely someone that can use a backup big man. And for the Knicks as well, like you can't just take all young perimeter guys like they only have one young big man and he is arguably their best player but right. the foul trouble pretty frequently so I would love to see the next pick one as well. I'm I don't know if I, I don't know if any team is gonna look for them to be an answer to Anthony Davis. Asking any player to guard Anthony Davis is tough and if there is you know a team near the end of the first round and they're looking to like find someone to compete with him, they're not gonna find him in the draft much less even the end of the first yeah. round. But it is interesting to see I think, you know, there's, like, the top of the big men in the draft. Um, and then there's, like, Jalen Smith, Precious, uh, Precious and uh, Poku, who could go, like, kind of middle first round-ish. Like, they're, you know, we still don't know what's going to happen with them yet. But, yeah, the big men really interest me. I think Killian Tilly, like, the concerns about him being uh, injury-prone, like, they're valid, I guess. But – He's I think that's the guy you got to take a shot on in the second round, though, because you, you yeah. if he wasn't injured, he'd be a top 15 guy. So, yeah, yeah. for sure. The shooting is really good. He's a good playmaker. Um, you know, definitely a guy that I could see maybe a team reaching on a little bit, but he's yeah. got the talent, uh, you know, verifying it. But I wouldn't argue for team picking him in the top of the block. Yeah, I mean, I have uh, Killian Tilly as my 20th player. So, I – I, I agree with that in the general sense that going on the big men again, and you mentioned it for the Sixers. So as the roster is currently constructed, they definitely don't need a backup center. That's what Al Horford's for making 20 some million. But I think it's a promising sign if they do select a center like Xavier Tillman, because then it's like, wow, they might have a Horford trade lined up. Mm-hmm. So, and they might do it before the draft too. So yeah, they yeah. A Horford trade partner, then they could go in and they definitely do second round picks or they're willing to trade up when they can find um, you know, the backup pick to go behind you yeah, I like I like um I like Tillman and I also like Otoro. So for guys I don't like that aren't bigs, I think Emmanuel Quickly is gonna go in the second round. He's one of the guys I'm highest on of these quote unquote second rounders. I would actually have him higher on my sixer centric board because I have him 25 on my this is like a generalized board. But if I was going based off who I want the six to select, he'd probably be higher than 20. I wouldn't have a huge problem if they select him in the first round. He literally doesn't do anything else besides shoot threes and play defense. Like he will put up stat lines, but it's like 15 points five threes made and zero rebounds, zero assists, like zero turnovers because he, he can't do anything. He can't create it at all. Like I talked about Joe being limited, but like clearly can't do anything else, but he's really good at shooting threes and he can play defense. He has a huge wingspan. He has a high release. He has a quick release. It goes in, shoots well from the free throw line. I'm a big fan of Emmanuel quickly. Similarly, Tyshawn Alexander. I think he's very good. He's a bit old. He goes to Creighton. 
once again, limited, but he he shoots threes, plays defense. I believe in the shot. It looks good. I believe in the defense. He's got an NBA size. I, I don't have too many concerns about those guys. They are just extremely limited. But I would love – I would if they got – if they were somehow to get, like, Tyrell Terry, Isaiah Joe, and Emmanuel quickly on this team, like, that would be an absolute home run of a draft. And I think that they would have three guards that could come in and at least two of them will be able to play next year. So – that would I think that would be great. Other guys I might like from him, Malachi Flynn. He's a little bit more of a creator, like the other guys, but he's just a bit undersized. But I don't know. He he just kind of looks like a guy who's going to translate. I think you're worried about. I think it's like the similar to Cole Anthony kind of, where you're you're like, oh, this guy's just going to be a bench, you know, ball handler. But I think that could, that's a useful thing, and I like Malachi Flynn because of that. He, you know, I, I think he's a little bit more solid. He's a bit more of like a gamer than Cole Anthony. I know that seems like such like a boomer take, but like he, he plays with such intensity and I, I really appreciate it. And he's, I don't know, just a solid player. Um, mm-hmm. Similar. Also I'll mention him last one, Devon Dotson, similar thing. He's really fast too, which I really like. And he can kind of shoot. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I like all those guys that are kind of just the, you hope that they become like microwave scores off the bench, but there's a chance that they don't hit that. Mm-hmm. You have thoughts on any of those guys that I mentioned. I mean, I especially for the second round in final build, those guys you can never go wrong with a guy that loves to shoot out of three and really good at them or an old experienced um, guard. I mean, you can find someone like Devontae Graham who has blossomed this year, but you could also find someone like Frank yeah. Mason who's kind of filled with that already. But I don't and that's how I feel about all of them. They could all be Frank Mason or they could all be, well, as you mentioned, Devontae Graham. Like, like I would not be shocked at either outcome. Right. I mean, uh, two other guys, two older guys, Grant Wheeler and um, – Peyton Pritchard to all other older guys that can make right. get buckets can shoot really well. Let's, let's talk about Pritchard for a second too, because I actually, he's a guy that I think Sixers fans would love him because well, Sixers love the Sixers fans love white guys. But let's, let's be honest, but he actually is very similar to TJ McConnell in my eyes, but he is like way better than TJ McConnell. Like I hated TJ uh, McConnell. I like Peyton Pritchard. What, what? He is now number one on every Sixers fans draft or never compared to tj yeah no i i peyton pritchard like if like he he hits those like tj mcconnell like mid-range like moving shots in the paint like but he also like shoots threes and he might actually be a good defender instead of tj mcconnell who was just like who was just full court press and like act like he was a good defender whereas (laughs) i i I love i actually really like peyton pritchard i might move him up because i have him pretty low but if you like tj mcconnell you'll probably love peyton pritchard That, that that's my my thought on him i was like jamias ramsey uh he's like solid i'd be fine if they took him I, the only thing that i'm really concerned about is his free throw percentage because if he can't shoot he's going to suck and but he shot like 44 percent on like you know eight threes a game at uh at texas tech and he might be a solid defender but if if that shot doesn't fall he's going to be awful so He's got a low free throw percentage too, so there's definitely some yeah. concern. He looks like J.R. Smith, and and also J.R. Smith is a low free throw percent. Next legend, J.R. Smith. Yeah, yeah, it is true. I mean, you, you, as you know, J.R. Smith, low free throw percentage, high three point percentage, so kind of reminds me of him a little bit. Not as quite as good as inside to J.R. Smith as a J.R. If J.R. Smith was like in this draft, he'd be a top ten pick. <laughs> so yeah. I don't have much else. Like I'm Nico Mannion was was listed in that uh, Keith Pompey article. I'm I'm not really Nico Man. I don't think he has like an NBA skill. Like he might be a solid ball. He might actually. I mentioned T.J. McConnell. Nico Mannion might be T.J. McConnell. Like he doesn't. 
TJ is a little bit more intense, but like Nico Mannion, like he just like he can dribble, I guess. Like he could pass, I guess. Can't really shoot. He's not really an athlete. So I'm I'm a little I hope we don't select him. Yeah. I'll ask you one more though. I mean go for it. Having a good guard defender is never a bad thing. What do you feel about um Trey Jones? Is he worth 21 or is he someone you think they should wait for? Or just <laughs> so I have 41 players on my board. I don't have Trey Jones listed. I hated him that much because I I have I watched him at Duke and I just thought he was a liability every time. So I I'm morally against Trey Jones, I guess. I would prefer Grant Riller. I I prefer Cassius Winston, who I'm not I'm not also not a fan of. But I think a lot of people are like I'll I'll talk about Cassius Winston for a second because a lot of people are kind of making that link. Cassius Winston was a great college player. He is so unathletic and people compare him to Kyle Lowry. And this is gonna be the my greatest take in possibly the history of the podcast. Like Kyle Lowry his giant ass is what makes him so good. It's like he can just bully players because he's giant. Like Cassius Winston's just like, he's a good pick and roll ball handler, but he's not like, he's not built like Kyle Lowry. You know, Kyle Lowry, part of the reason why he's good is because he plays bigger than what he actually is. Cassius Winston, he's not, he's not the athlete and he's just not built like Kyle Lowry. Like um, I, people are making that comparison. I think it's just because they kind of like, they're like, oh, they're productive seniors that you can't really explain outside of the fact that, like, they're unathletic and they're undersized, but you can't explain why they're good. So, like, if, eh, give them Kyle Lowry comparison. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm, I, I wouldn't be like disappointed if we took him, but I think people that are, I know they don't think he's going to be quite Kyle Lowry. They think he's going to be a like younger Kyle Lowry because if he was as good as Kyle Lowry, he'd be a top pick. But he, he's just not, he's just not that type of player to me. I think, I mean, I, I guess I prefer him to Nico Mannion, but he, he's, uh, yeah, he's, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of Cassius Winston. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, is there anyone, is there anybody else that you have? Um, no, no one in particular. I think the Sixers will definitely have plenty of options and definitely going to be interesting to see how they go about keeping their picks. I'm sure they'll move some. I'm interested to see what happens, not just for them, but for the draft as a whole, like I said. I'm a Knicks fan because all I have to look forward to because yeah. we're you know, playing for the best draft odds we can moving forward. Yeah. Um, I didn't even mention this to you pre-pod of what I was going to discuss, but I'm interested to hear it. So I think it'll be interesting. Just look, who are your favorite players in this draft? And by favorite players, I don't mean like, you know, like, oh, I love like Anthony Edwards. Things are great. But like, who do you like much more than it seems like the general public does not like? Um, I mean, I'm really high on Killian Hayes. Um, I think he's a, Same thing here. he's a fairly popular pick, I guess, for number one on draft boards. But I, I think he's his scoring is like really, really impressive. I think in the regular season of the league he played in, he only shot like twenty nine percent from three. But the shots that he was taking are really, really impressive. Um, he had know, that good free throw percentage too, as we mentioned before. How like usually translates. Anyway, go on. His playmaking and defense is really impressive as well. So I guess I mean. In terms of guys who I'm like super like high on, I feel like also Desmond Bain. People really love him as like a mid round pick, but those are the two guys that I'm just praying to God that um, the Knicks can get. Um, I'm also kind of warming up to Leandro Bomaro as well. Uh, well, well, um, we'll actually we'll talk about Bomaro for a second because ESPN had him mocked to the Sixers, which I think would be so dumb if we took him because I don't even think he's going to play next year. I think he'd be great for the Knicks at 27. Yeah. But but I think he's a solid player, and obviously you want the best players available. But the Sixers can't afford to waste a year of not having their first-round pick. 
And yeah. I, I don't, he's not going to go second round, I believe. But yeah, he's a good player, and he can't really shoot. So I don't, I don't understand why he should go. Why he, anyone would think he should go to the Sixers? So I hope they have no information that includes the Sixers like Landry Balmaro because I don't want him. Mm-hmm. But I think he could be a good player elsewhere. I just like he doesn't fit what I want, and but, he's not. He might not play next year. But if he did, well, let's say he was guaranteed to play next year. I know he's not much of a shooter, but his playmaking yeah. impressive in his defense as well. So would you see that as like a definite a good get for the Sixers? Again, considering that he would definitely play. Yeah, I would have to consider it because I have him 32 on my board, considering that he probably won't play. But like, I don't know. I might rather just have like Devon Dotson, you know, and no. I think like Dotson will be there. I think I think he might be a solid player, though. I'm, I'm I like him as a whole. It sounds like I just shit on him, but. I like him as a player. I just don't really like him for the Sixers. I think he's a he's a guy you put on a team that's not quite as good. Maybe they develop him as a role player. If he develops a shot, he'll be like a super high quality role player because mm-hmm. he's got everything else you would kind of want. I feel the same way about like Robert Woodard. Like so, I probably have him in the same Robert Woodard range, where I think these guys are they have everything but the shot. But because they don't have the shot, I can't really have them going to the Sixers because the Sixers are so desperately need shooting. So that's so I I have Woodard twenty three so I probably have him around that range is what I would say uh, because like uh, similarly I have um I don't think like Alexej Pokusevsky could could contribute to the Sixers this year or any NBA team really I know a lot of people are high on him as like a swing for the fences guy but um I mean I have him like twenty four it's fair to be like scared about like how good he'll be but he's definitely like one of the biggest. I guess boomer bust. I'm not sure if that's too big of a uh, cliche to have in the drafts, but and, and, I mean, and, nah, it's not. But like the, I think people they see him and like people have like given the, they're not play style in terms of Giannis, but like in terms of it looks like he's playing in the YMCA and he's like putting up good stats and like maybe he'll develop. But like Giannis grew like three inches. He has a huge wingspan. He's one of the most athletic people we've ever seen. Like, like Pogosevsky can't dunk. Like, not that that's like the end all be all, but like. He might be a good passer. He might be a good shooter. But, like, in the end, is that worth taking a risk on a YMCA player? I don't know. Maybe five years from now, we're going to be talking about him, like, the Serbian uh, fucking, I don't know, Serbian score. He's pretty That's nimble, That's No, he, he is. I'm just saying, like, like he looks nimble in the YMCA game, sure. Like, I, I don't know. but I mean, it's interesting to see because they're really looking at not necessarily, like, what he did against the competition, but just how he looks out there and his shot looks really nice. He's pretty mobile, so maybe he'll get like his ass kicked against the stronger big men in the league. Yeah. But in the league, that's you know a lot more about athleticism and playing around the perimeter. He's definitely a guy that can do that. So he's a he's a guy, I guess, to answer your question that you asked me before of guys that I'm like higher on, I guess, in the consensus. I'm not in love with him as a prospect or anything, but he's really, really interesting to me. Well, I think he'd be interesting for like the Knicks, for instance. Yeah. He's a guy that if they like take a shot and decided to get him, I'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, He's yeah. Like, I'm not I'm not really criticizing him as a whole, but, like, I mean, I wouldn't like him for the Knicks at eight because – I wouldn't either. Yeah, my, my eighth player, I have Devin Vassell, and, like, I would I'd rather – I'd rather, like, I, so, to me, for the Knicks, the worst-case scenario would be Devin Vassell. So – That's the worst-case scenario? I feel like the worst-case scenario might be over time. I have well, okay. I somewhat agree with you. A little fun fact because I was going to, I was later going to mention players you hate the most out of everybody. I have Obi Toppin twenty two, which is uh, I think more than anybody has ever hated Obi Toppin. But um, I'll, I'll get into I'll get into that later because I want to name some of my favorite players really quickly before I get into players that we both that we hate. Mm-hmm. But so 
Same thing with you. I won't go over too much. Killian Hayes, I seem to love way more than most people. A lot of people have him going to like the Knicks or they have him ranked like 10. I think like Schmitz and Gavoni don't even have him as a top five guard in this draft. I love him. I think he's the best player in this draft. I think he's pretty safe. I think he can be a better defensive version of D'Angelo Russell, which would be a great player and a very worthy candidate of the number one pick. Yeah. Other one, I went on a ramp about them before, Kyrie Lewis and RJ Hampton. I have them really high in comparison to everybody else. Once again, Isaiah Gio, another guy I've ranked really high comparison to most people. A lot of these guys I already kind of discussed, but I will say Killing Tilly, we mentioned him a little bit. I don't think he's a great fit for the Sixers, which is why I didn't mention him because, because he's a big, but he looks like he kind of looks like Kevin Love out there, except a better defensive version, at least like as a shot blocker and stuff like that. So you can maybe get away with playing him at center. You think he actually is a center. I think he's more of a power forward. I think so. Not I mean, the positions matter as much. Slower power. I mean, yeah, they don't, but slower power forward is like. Yeah, he might get blown by on the perimeter. They're, they're undersized, but I think they're best fit. Like Kevin Love, I think at this point in his career, is best equipped to play center. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I, I really like him. I like Jalen Smith a lot. Jalen Smith, I'm not usually a bigs guy, but when your bigs can shoot, it's such a huge advantage. So Jalen Smith might be able to play center. And he kind of looks like he kind of looks like Pistons Josh Smith, except he doesn't take the mid-range like bullshit shots mm-hmm. uh, to me. So yeah, I'm a yeah. So I, so I'm I'm a I'm a fan of Jalen Smith. Um, Woodard, I have him 23. I don't know if that's like a huge in comparison to everybody else, but Woodard has like he he's built like Kawhi Leonard at the college level. He just can't shoot. And so I actually think there is like a chance where he becomes like really good because he's athletic. He's he has a great build, but you're not sure if he could shoot, but it doesn't look terrible. And his percentages aren't the worst. His free throw percentage is not great. So that's, it's not too promising, but if he develops a shot, I think that guy would be awesome. So a little higher on him than most people mentioned Emmanuel quickly and Tyshawn Alexander love both of them. But uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it in terms of favorites. Now guys you hate. So we already talked about Obi top and I'll, I'll go off before I, ask you about who you hate i hate obi toppin as a player uh i don't i mean i don't really hate him i have him 22 but like i'm saying i hate him because most people think he's like a top five top 10 player and i have him 22 so my concern with him is he cannot defend anybody whatsoever and if you need that if you're telling me that guy's gonna play center he's you're gonna get killed and if and if he's playing power board he's just gonna get blown by all the time so with obi toppin i just i the when you watch him play all he does is just finish as a pick and roll guy and he can shoot threes but like he doesn't really have anything else and like everything he reminds me a lot of Derek Williams at Arizona people love Derek Williams because he was this athletic guy who would shoot threes and it was like well his defense might not be great so we'd probably stick him at power forward but like look how great his numbers are and but with Obi Toppin, he's very old in comparison to everybody else. And he just dominates these college players because he's bigger than them. When he goes to the NBA, he's not going to be bigger than any of these guys. So I am I Obi Toppin would definitely be my number one in terms of guys I quote unquote hate. I don't really hate him. I just I I do not see him being anywhere near as good as what people are saying. People compare him to Amar, Amari Stoudemire. He's not as explosive as Amari. Amari would just like rise out of the air and just slam on people out of nowhere. Obi Toppin, he does these like 360 dunks in transition, but he doesn't like pop out of a, he doesn't like fly out of the air out of pick and roll or fly on putbacks. I feel like, like a Mare. So yeah. what are your thoughts on Obi Toppin? Um, I mean, yeah, I agree. I don't like Obi for the same reasons. I think offensively he's, you know, decent as passer can shoot and is explosive enough to be really interesting as a role man. 
Yeah, so he's, got, he's got good skills, but he he only does pick and roll. Like, I mean, I mean, if he can't stop it, like, why should he do something else? But, but like, I needed to see some more versatility for a skill to translate to the next level. Yeah, and as you said, defense is just his outlook is so bad that it ruins his draft stock in terms of being like a top, um, one of the top guys in the draft for me. He obviously had a really good college season, won plenty of awards, um, and definitely was one of the best players. But going forward, he is really old, and his defense is so bad that it really concerns me. As as terms of like a, a fit for the Knicks, he interests me a little bit just because he's so well-rounded offensively. And if we didn't have Julius Randle, I think it would be interesting. I still well, I don't talk. think you have to worry about Julius Randle because he's on a one-year deal. I mean, well, I because the Knicks are probably going to have to put they're they're going to put Toppin probably at small forward if they play next to Julius Randle. And God, I'd oh really, man, what a fun but, time! Uh, the only guy I really I'm not a huge fan of is Jaden. Like he, oh really? Interesting. Just he, at least in terms of being like a first-round pick, I think it would be somewhat of a reach. I still feel like he's too raw of a prospect. Um, you know, not necessarily like an awful first round pick, definitely a good, you know, swing for the fences guy. Um, yeah, I think it's team dependent on him. Like if the if the Blazers took him over like Sadiq Bay or something. Yeah, that would be like that like that would be a bad pick. But like um I don't you know, if some team trades up to like 18 that like sucks like if the pistons traded up to 18 or they did the celtics trade where they trade seven for like the three later for trump picks and they took them i would think it's a good pick so i the thunder at 25 too they took basil last year yeah yeah well i mean the same that's the sam presti special kind of where you just take like the the freak athlete with freakish size and then you hope everything else works except he can kind of shoot so maybe sam presti hates him <laughs> I, don't, I don't know i respect sam presti by the way i'm I'm, off, I'm often a fan of guys who can't shoot uh on my draft board, but is there any, so Jane McDaniels, anyone else that you uh, would like to discuss? Um, no, those are the, I mean, him and Topper are the only two guys that like some people are high on and I would question that everyone else. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I guess the, those are the only two guys that I guess are more yeah. pessimistic on than the general consensus. Yeah. I talked about him a little bit, but uh, I'll just quick on Tyrese Maxey. I think his shot sucks in terms of how it looks. And it, it reminds me of Lonzo a lot. He reminds me of Lonzo as a player. You know, analytics love him. He's 6'5 with 6'8 wingspan. He can defend multiple positions. He's just – but he, he like, can't dribble either. He looks so uncomfortable while dribbling. I don't think he can create any separation, and I don't think he is comfortable dribbling near defenders at all. He looks like he's a threat to lose the ball every time he has the ball. So if he can't be a lead ball handler, I question what his role will be in the NBA. I think he could be a good role player, but I have him 13. Most people have him a lot higher than that. I think he's solid. Also, he doesn't get to the line at all. He hates getting in contact. He, I think he shot about one free throw a game. And he just, like, he'll take terrible floaters because he, it's like the Tobias Harris thing where you take these terrible contested layups rather than trying to get fouled because you're, I don't know, I, I guess you think you have a better chance of making it. But it's like, just just take the foul and then make both at the line. Like, mm-hmm. So I'm a little worried that he might be maybe – the reason he doesn't want to get to the line is because he's worried about shooting free throws. I don't know. He shot a pretty good free throw percentage, but, but I'm, I'm just a little, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm concerned about Tyrese Matt or Tyrese Halliburton more so than most people are that about cards in terms of people. I hate quote unquote hate. I, I also dislike any center that, that can't shoot in a, for the first round. Like I, I think you mentioned Isaiah Stewart. Yeah. Um, I should have mentioned Paul Reed too. He's a, he's got an interesting as well. I think he's got, Solid defense. He's weird. I definitely get what you mean. You got to be cautious with 
traditional centers nowadays. Well, I, just in the first round, like I don't have a problem in the second round you take them, yeah, but like we even like people are talking about like trading Rudy Gobert for like nothing, and he's like he's like the best case scenario of a center who can't shoot. I'm not saying every center needs to shoot. I do think it's a huge advantage when they can shoot, though, mm-hmm. and it's just like I don't know why would I waste my time with like a you know it's like oh he can be a pick and roll man and he can kind of play nice defense. Like those are the guys I would want in the second round. Like because as I mentioned with Emmanuel quickly, I would love the Sixers got him in the second round. He does like one thing and that's about it. Same with like in Isaiah Stewart, he's basically that from a center position. But the thing he provides is not as valuable as the thing quickly provides because he provides like shooting and perimeter right. defense. So, so yeah, any of those, any of those guys who can't shoot, like I, can't shoot. I hope you also mean can't really do anything else either. Because when you said Gobert is the best case for a center that can't shoot. I must disagree and say that my guy Bam Adebayo is. Well, well, yeah, but Bam's got like touch. He has offensive skill. I'm just saying a lot of times they take. I guess I I should have clarified. Yeah, the guys who don't have that much offensive skill, they're just relying on like athleticism and like the fact that they're big, and that's why they're good in college. Those are the guys I'm worried about when it comes to the next level. Just like like, and I almost wouldn't bother taking some of them. So, I, I I guess I would. I just like any of those guys. Like, there's like a Duka Azabuki. He is like, I mean, he's going to go in the second round, but like, I think he's like, you could, like, why would I take Isaiah Stewart if I can just take him in the next round? Now that I said this, Isaiah Stewart's going to be like an all NBA team seven times, and people are going to, and uh, Azabuki will be out of the league. But like, I don't think Azabuki's good either, but like, he's, he's huge and he's a great pick and roll guy and he can block shots. Like, I don't know. I feel like you can get those guys later. The, as a bookie, will probably be undrafted. So, like, well, I wouldn't even waste a pick on like some of these guys. And I, I feel that about most centers. I, you know, even last year, like Jackson Hayes went high. And like, who thinks Jackson Hayes is good now? Well, you would much rather have like Brandon Clark or somebody that like does a bunch of other of these skills that mm-hmm. nobody had over Jackson Hayes at the time anyway. So, I mean, I guess some people did have Brandon Clark. I, I like Brandon Clark too, but like, my point is, like, if they don't have an offensive skill outside of, like, oh, they're a good role guy, then, yeah. you know, got to do something else for me, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, I like Jackson Hayes. He's a good athlete. Maybe not worth the eighth pick, or at least you got some. Yeah, but but if you were to re- – imagine if they took, like, Tyler Hero because they needed shooting when they took his eye on. Like, yeah, no, they're definitely better picks that we know now. I'm, I'm, but but even, at the, even at the time, you take Zion, you should just get, get shooters around him. They, yeah. they, they wouldn't have had to pay J.J. Redick. They could have had a ton of cap space for someone else. But I mean, they yeah, could have played JJ Reddick and had someone like Tyler Hero or even like TJ Washington, who's pretty good shooter, too. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like you know, I, I just think I think we see time and time again, there's these these bigs that are just kind of role guys that we overvalue because it's like, oh, they'll be a good like because we think they're safe because it's like, oh, they'll be a good defender and they'll they'll have a they'll be like good in a pick and roll. But the truth is, they're usually not a good defender for the first few years because they just foul a shit ton because they're used to blocking shots of like college players who don't aren't having an advanced skill set so like jackson hayes he wasn't even that playable year one but we define them as safe because we're like oh look at them they were a great defender in college and they could just pick and roll like i could you can see those guys in the nba it's like clint capella but i'm just i'm just i think taking any of those guys would be a mistake shouldn't be a thing the sixers have to really worry about because like you know we have we have all the bigs but 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 yeah that's just my general thoughts on on draft philosophy i guess but anyway i think that'll about do it sam uh thanks for joining me i will have you on in a few days i guess well i guess a week from now to talk about the post draft we will discuss what they do 
and then uh free agency will be as well in free agency yeah yeah free agency will be going be on by then so NBA. yeah we might have a three-man pod who who knows but uh yeah we'll a little spice to that but uh yeah anyway thank you for listening to 60 mania podcast till next time